The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale, holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Hello, welcome to Mind Body Pause, holistic living for you and your animals. This is show number seven, Soul Healing with Our Animals with Tammy Billups. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Charlie Kale, mom to two dogs and three cats, broadcaster and Reiki practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I do distant healings as well as in-person appointments because energy transcends space and time. And you can find out more about all of that at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R. R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. This is your safe place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. My goal is to, to dispel myths, bring about awareness, enlightenment, and even uncover scams that cost you in wealth and health of your animals. Isn't it amazing when we look into the eyes of our animal companion and can see deep into his or her soul? We feel our heart expand and our energies connect. Our guest is going to help us enhance that amazing soul connection to help us heal ourselves and our animals. Tammy Billups, that's Billups with a B, is a certified interface therapist, animal bioenergy healer, and pioneer in the animal-human-emotional-energetic relationship. She is very active with animal rescue organizations in her suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, and you've seen her on CNN's The Daily Share, Primetime Live ABC, and Oprah. And she just wrote a really great book that you have to get called Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, The Hidden Keys to a Deeper Animal-Human Connection. Hello, Tammy Billups. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Doing well. Tammy, I love your book. Read it cover to cover and didn't want it to end. But before uh-huh. we get into that, I want to start out hot and then we can lighten things up later. But right now, as we are recording this, it's November 13th, 2018. And we are dealing with some horrific wildfires in northern and southern California. But the fire in Butte County, which is north of where I am in San Francisco, is already the deadliest fire in California history. And and I'm not diminishing the loss of human life at all, but the loss of so much animal life, both wild and domestic, just adds to the pain of all the human fatalities. And it's not a new type of tragedy, but it is heartbreaking. And Tammy, you are actually the perfect person to give us some perspective and clarity about an animal knowing that they're giving up their life for the greater good and they're not suffering quite in the way we imagine. Your book actually starts out in an eerily similar way. So it is no accident that we are talking right here and now. Indeed. You're right. It is very similar to what I experienced as a young child. But I'm so glad that you asked this, Charlie. This is this is up for a lot of people in any human tragedy, you know, that we see human animal tragedy anywhere. And I'm just so sorry that you all are going through this out there right now. So I'm going to give you some advice and some insights regarding, you know, what we think animals are going through that I'm hoping will bring some peace to all of you. So I'm so glad that you asked. So nothing breaks an animal lover's heart more than imagining an animal suffering or passing needlessly, right? Right. Yeah. And then the reasons why 
people have such a hard time with it when they think about animals passing or animals suffering in any way is, number one, they have big, open, loving hearts. People have big, open, loving, giving hearts that know and trust animals and know that they're sentient beings and know that they're authentic and we don't want to see them go through any suffering. And the second thing is that we, we have been changed sometime in our life for the better by animals. And so we honor them even more. They're safe to love. So we let them get all inside of our hearts. And the thought of thinking of one of them passing, it almost helps us tap into grief that we haven't released from past animals that have left us. So it's like it's kind of snowballing in our hearts a bit. We're remembering what it felt like to lose an animal. Um, And then sometimes we can be even relating to what we think or imagine their perceived pain to be. So let me give you, you know, a moment here to, um, to realize that, A, there's a higher plan for every, every soul's evolution. There is a higher plan that we sign up for. Animals do not fear death in the same way that people do. And many times, and this is for people and for animals, many times in traumas like this, unexpected traumas, the soul can leave the body early before it experiences some of the more physical, you know, suffering. And, um, and then the last thing is that, I, and I think you probably know this as well, and certainly um, up in paradise, you know, the, with the news, there being just that one road out. Well, there's a lot more than one road out for the animal. Mm. And they have flights and they have wings and they have innate intuition that guides them. They're so much more connected to spirit. It's like they get told these things in advance, right? Because they're just already in tune with the earth's vibration of what's happening. And so many times we're assuming it was an even bigger loss for the animals when their innate intuition is getting them out of there even faster. So I hope that that's helpful in some way. Oh, boy, yes. (laughs) Um, I was trying to fight back tears because I've been so upset about all the loss of life, human and animal. But now I'm kind of trying to hold back tears of relief (laughs) because that is a big help. And I think it would help to take a moment right now and just kind of ground and everybody who, who feels that and gets so upset and, and feels it in their chest and in their heart and their heart wants to burst because there is so much pain and you're correct. It triggers memories. And that is what keeps the pain going within ourselves so we'll just Mm -hmm. take a moment and if we feel that pain and honor that pain and thank that pain for being there to protect us and then tell it we don't need it anymore right now and let it move through our body and down our legs and out through our feet and into the ground And let Mother Earth take that energy away from us. You can imagine vines growing at the bottom of our feet. Growing deep down, reaching into the ground through all the layers of earth. Down into the center. And Mother Earth draws that painful energy out. And replaces it with the loving 
vibrant, positive energy that she gives us. So we ground ourselves and calm ourselves and honor all the life lost and all the lessons we've learned from it. Just take a moment to breathe into that. Deep breaths from our abdomen, deep in our abdomen, deep breaths through our nose and back out through our nose. Another deep breath. And let it out. And we thank Mother Earth for transmuting that painful energy into something positive to make things grow again. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you for instigating that. (laughs) We're talking with Tammy Phillips, author of the new book, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, The Hidden Keys to a Deeper Animal-Human Connection. She's got more of that at SundanceHealing.com. So in your book, you cover so many amazing things. The animals we attract in our lives reflect us in so many ways, from physical conditions to personality to emotional issues. I mean, they really are our mirrors, even when we don't want them to be. How does this happen? <laughs> well, it's universal principles. You know, we're always <laughs> going to we're always going to call in that which we need to integrate and that and, and mirrors to show us what we're working on healing and trying to release. You know, it doesn't, we're like magnets to beings that are like us. Like, you know, you read my book, you remember the story of me talking to the children, right? Um, and teaching them kindness and compassion. And when I asked them, it was at a no-kill shelter and they had all met all the dogs there. And when I asked them which one they were drawn to, it was amazing. You know, the little girl that's, oh, 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 me, 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 me. You know, and I'm asking her which dog she likes. And and she says, oh my gosh, you know, I like Chloe because she was happy and joyful (laughs) and she wanted to play. And then the little boy in the back that was silent by himself, he said, well, I was attracted to, you know, this other dog because it looked like it needed a friend, right? We're wired that way to call in what we need to heal. Correct. (laughs) And speaking of what we need to heal, you talk about (laughs) the core emotional wounds. Animals hold the same core emotional wounds as people do. So can you touch on the five types of core emotional wounds? Oh, I certainly can. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, because, you know, this went back to my training. I trained for four years on these five core emotional wounds within people. And it was just for chance that I thought, oh, I wonder if this works with animals as well. And then started working with animals and realizing that they hold those same energetic structures. So if I saw abandonment, you know, a structure of abandonment within an animal, um, what I quickly learned is that the person that they were closest to had the same you know, emotional core wound that they were trying to heal, which is was just fascinating to me at the time. But of course, it's that whole magnet thing again. So, um, so the first, let's talk about abandonment since I just mentioned that abandonment can show up in animals in a lot of different ways. 
And it's almost always an oral fixation of some type, you know, over eaters, over barkers, over liquors, you know, or, you know, they might meow a lot, something over chewers. If it's a horse, they're going to be cribbers, which, you know, they grab onto the side of the, you know, the stall. It's something with their mouth because they didn't get their needs met from your, from their birth mother in some way. So they will always be looking externally to fill a need that they didn't get from having that full moment with the birth mother. So then it sets up an emotional wound of abandonment. And then as we know, many animals are abandoned, right? Over and over and over again, you know, and until they finally begin to self-fill. And it's the same for people, by the way, you know, and so they're going (laughs) to end up with people that have been abandoned you know, and, and they're trying to heal that together. That's the most amazing thing is that when the people can work on healing their emotional wounds, it's going to, you know, their animals are going to get a hit per se from it. So, um, and it also, and then when we feel like we've been thrown back again and again, like that abandoned and thrown back then, and we think of that and build that energy with ourselves, then we're going to attract that. Of course, yeah. yeah. And that's what creates a separation anxiety. Right. You know, because there's there's one soul, there's a person who needs to be needed and, and getting filled with the love that they didn't get from a person. So they're getting it from their animal and their animals who's the same way, right? You know, it's, <laughs> right. A, it's a two-way street. And that certainly causes a lot of, um, of discomfort within people with the, and, and animals. So separation anxiety does. So abandonment is, is motivation anyway to get them both feeling more peaceful to heal that abandonment wound. Mm. So the, the, um, let's go to betrayal. So a betrayal can happen when there are any type of trust issues. And within animals, that can be anything small from a person that they trusted to, you know, we're going to be there and they weren't, or, you know, it could be so many small little things that create these trust issues for betrayal. And then what happens So they're always going to be, you know, looking to to not trust people. So they might be angry. They might be, um, you know, the ones that aren't necessarily trusting of their people over and over and over again. Jaded. Very jaded. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's a good word for it. You know, and invasiveness. You know, if an animal has had any type of invasiveness in their background, um, which a lot have, especially the ones that are abused by people. Mm-hmm. If they've been over controlled by a person, you know, then they're going to have that, and they've got to be able to to heal that before they can feel safe being around people, being with people. Um, you know, the, another one is terror, and those are usually the shakers in the back of the runs. You know, and quite frankly, the ones that have terror that they have not healed. Uh, those are frequently the ones that don't make it out of the runs and don't don't get adopted as much because they just look like they're going to take too much, you know, too much trouble and they're too scared. But these guys, once you get them in the home, in the right environment, can really heal quickly in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the ones I call the perfect ones who <laughs> are actually, a, you know, I don't work with as many for obvious reasons. You know, because they're already perfect to begin with, it seems like, but they're a little bit detached from their heart center. So, but these, these animals are frequently the ones that are um, doing nursing home, you know, they're trained in happy tales, they're, they're doing reading with children, you know, at the Unity 
spiritual location I go to, they're the ambassadors, you know, <laughs> that will let any of the kids or anybody run it, uh, run up to them and hug them and stuff. But they're, they, most of the time, they won't look you in the eye so much. They'll just kind of let happen what's happening around them. And their goal is to get more in touch with their heart while they're here. Yeah, I found that fascinating with the perfect ones. They don't connect as deeply or as quickly. I thought that was very interesting, but that makes sense. They are there to be wonderful therapy, but for their purpose, they're there to uh, to increase their heart connection. Very interesting. Yes, and to serve at a higher level. They're almost always in agility. You know, they use more of the left and the right brain, which most of mm-hmm. the, you know, most animals are more on their intuitive side. And so you'll see the ones that are sitting and figuring things out more that are using both sides of their brain more. And certainly the perfect ones. And the, and the perfect ones, as they become more conscious, hopefully they're, they're magnetized to someone who's doing a lot of, of spiritual work. And they're usually a great team together of helping heal a lot of people together. It's a beautiful thing with- to see. We're talking with Tammy Billups, author of the new book, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, The Hidden Keys to a Deeper Animal-Human Connection. She can be found at SundanceHealing.com. So, Tammy, no animal and no person is just one of these wounds, correct? There may be a prevalent one, but then there are some uh, combination of some other aspects in the background. Yes, there's always um, one to two that people and animals are using more than the others. And you'll kind of just see which one is up, depending on the traits that they're exhibiting or their behaviors that they're exhibiting. So, yes, that's absolutely true. We all have a little bit of all of those wounds, depending on how old the soul is. And so we're, we're here, you know, when we're in a body, we can heal these things a lot faster than what we can when we're not. So we might as well just work on them all, right? I guess I must be ancient because I have five animals, and so you got it. Each one of them has one of these emotional wounds that is more prevalent than the other, but um, then they have you know some a mixture of some of them as well. And so, as, of course, as I was reading your book, I was labeling each one, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was thinking about how interconnected they are with each other as well as with me because we're a unit. So they're helping yeah. each other through these as well as helping me through these issues. Absolutely. I mean, I'd love it when there are multiples and they have a conscious mama because you're able <laughs> to, to see it all and how they're interacting. They have their karma too. That's in the next book, by the way. But they, uh, Oh, oh, you've got have, another book coming out soon? I, they, well, it'll you're be working 2020. On? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Called Animal Soul Contracts. Oh, nice. All right. So tell me a little about that. (laughs) Well, it's about those. It's kind of like the higher purpose chapter in in soul healing with our animal companions. And it's like pulling that out and really looking at the many levels of the soul contracts that we have, because I believe that we do choose these contracts. I have two new little ones in the house. I say little ones. They're nine months now almost. But they kind of came in with these messages from me because I'm, didn't realize that I would recognize them both. <laughs> and I do. Yeah, one's been with me once before and the other three times. So 
I didn't expect that. And I've had, you know, I had two that passed earlier this year that were 17 and 18, and they'd just been the three of us for a very long time. So these new guys are like, hey, there's a new book in here. Let's go. So the new yeah. book is really going to be talking about I, I love about trying to figure out levels. with my animals who was who in a past life with me or, uh, you know, who might have which one is who reincarnated. And I think my German shepherd is my, my, uh, my ferret that I had when I was a child. So, but all kinds of things. Yes. It's, it's amazing. Cool. And then I was this, something you just said though, this helps put the pieces together a little more easily when you're trying to figure out the reincarnation aspect, because you look at the, the, uh, the characteristics, but the wounds that they helped you heal before and why they're back and what they're helped to help you heal now. Yes, that's huge, you know, because, because when these guys were with me before, they were serving me a lot more than I was serving them, you know, and I wasn't aware of it, you know. So I, I am blessed to be able to come from a different perspective this time and be very conscious and help them heal their wounds, as I know they're still giving me information as well. But it's it's a change. It's a game changer for your relationship when you can get to that higher purpose and the soul contract of your relationship, because then it isn't as much as how can I fix this owie? How can I change this behavior? You know, it's looking at the higher picture of the plan for you both. And as we know, emotional and wounds and negative mental things manifest themselves physically, both in us as humans and in our animals. And the, one of the things I've been going through is not feeling guilty over my animals' illnesses. And they're all, they've all been displaying a lot of illnesses and lately, and so I've had to look at myself. What is your advice on that? My advice is that, A, you have to treat, obviously, their illnesses in the moment, you know, <laughs> and then you take the, you know, because we can't really avoid that. Certainly, <laughs> right. they can be mirroring something symbolically, you know, within, um, you know, carrying something for you, sure, but you carry things for them, too. So I say be guilt-free and know that you guys signed up and know that it evolves their soul when you allow them to help you. When you allow them to carry something for you, know that it evolves their soul. Yes, I just repeated the same thing. <laughs> but <laughs> that's I important. Really want, I really want you to hear it. You know, it's okay. I get that a lot from people. And certainly, you know, when I lost my first three, they were six, eight, and 11. I lost them all within months of each other. And it was, uh, I, I don't wish that. And, and everybody out there has gone through a lot of traumatic times in their life, but I don't wish that upon anyone. But I do understand that they carried me through to that point and no more because then I was able to do what they had done for me in a new way. And so I'm really excited that these guys that are back with me, that it can be a different kind of relationship now. And in your book, you do go into a lot more detail about how to deal with that and, you know, and how not to feel guilty over it, but ways to deal with it with your yeah. animals and look at the, and of course, the uh, helping to fix, I don't know, fix is the right word, but heal, heal, heal the core emotional wounds that we were talking about. Yeah. When, when your sights are set on knowing that as you're working on healing your own wounds much more um, proactively, that it will help you in the long term with your relationships with your animals. 
avoiding, you know, I know a lot of animal people that would do anything in the world for their animals. And I do these mutual sessions where the person and one animal sit for the healing session together. And I'm still amazed at the people when I ask them what their intentions for what they'd like to receive healing on. Oh, I just want Buster to receive the healing. I know. know? I I, I was that way. Yeah. So you're not alone. It's like so many people are that way where they were raised to be selfless. And there's also that unconscious fear of looking at their own stuff and healing it and thinking it'll be too much for them, that their psyche is not ready or whatever. So I do these joint sessions so that it will ease them into giving themselves permission to know that it won't be too much. It won't take over. It won't be too hard because when they can work on healing theirs, that's what's going to help their animals faster than anything else. So that's motivating, right? Yeah. Repeat that one too. It, if we work on healing ourselves, that will help heal our animals. Yes. yes. Okay. That's so important for everyone to, to realize. So unfortunately, we're winding down the show. <laughs> There's just never <laughs> much, enough time. Is there one thing you'd like to make sure everyone is aware of? Yes. You know, when I wrote the epilogue, it was a channeled letter, love letter from your animal to you. And there was one, I didn't remember any of it till I reread it. And then I just sat and cried, but there was one paragraph in particular that I'll never forget. And it really begins with love yourself. And this is the animal talking, love yourself as much as I do. Mm. And look in the mirror and see what I see, a beautiful, kind, loving and caring person that is filled with light and love. And so your animals want you to see what they see in you. It's like that bumper sticker. um, If only I were the person my dog thinks I am. Yeah, and you are. (laughs) Yeah, it's right. You know what? We are or we wouldn't have them because you do mention the positive aspects are those in in us as well. Yeah. Thank you, Tammy Billups, that's Billups with a B, author of the new book, Soul Healing with Our Animal Companions, The Hidden Keys to a Deeper Animal-Human Connection. And you also have a new meditation CD out, so you can find out more about all of that with Tammy Billups at SundanceHealing.com. That's her website, SundanceHealing.com. She's also on Facebook at Sundance Healing. She's all over social media, Sundance Healing or Tammy Billups, B-I-L-L-U-P-S. Thank you so much everyone for hanging out on mind body pause holistic living for you and your animals i'm charlie kale check out my reiki business energy healing for people and pause for in-person or distant healing sessions people or animals at charliekale.com c-h-a-r-l-y-k-a-y-l-e.com you can find past shows there and you can find past shows on my page at empower radio and please connect with me on social media lots of love going out to brent carey the ceo of empower radio and my producers remy smith and tony his assistant take care and remember no matter what is going on with your animals don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better you are doing the best you can they know it they chose you anyway and they love you for it mind body pause is a guilt-free zone see you next time Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, 
and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.